Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, John Duckworth, Managing Director UK and EMEA for the Instant Group, discusses space as a service. What is the reality? John Duckworth is with us here. John's the MD of Instant in the UK and EMEA a business providing companies with flexible office solutions and advice throughout the service management enterprise world. Previously, John was at JLL, and he had various senior roles in London, Warsaw, CE, and Paris over an 18-year period. And John and I were just talking. I said, Instant has been around and doing this before we even knew what co-working was. So I'm anxious to hear what he has to say today. Thank you, Nate. That's a lovely intro. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, so Instant, we're an independent advisor, uh, an enabler for companies wanting greater flexibility around an asset or a wider portfolio play. Uh, I'm based in London, as Nate said. Uh, we're based around Europe, US, Asia Pacific. We're providing solutions for hundred, hundreds of companies every month uh, who are coming to us asking for advice around their portfolio. And we've particularly seen an exponential rise in that demand over the past two years as this industry is becoming more and more mature. Um, I'm going to talk to you about flexibility in space as a service. What is it? To me, this is very much a demand and supply side story. The demand piece is around companies basically buying and spending real estate in a very specific kind of way, um, a new way, which is much more accurate around things like headcount, much more accurate around things like term and longevity of lease, and much more accurate around the quality of services that they are demanding in space. And the supply side is how companies are reacting. The providers are giving consumers, customers, and companies much more relevant services to attract them and maintain that occupancy level within a given asset. And for me, this is a major shift into a consumption-based model, which is going to drive a flexibility across the whole of the real estate industry. And it's certainly something we've seen in Europe has accelerated massively in the past 24 months. So, you know, my mission today is, is really to sort of take 15 minutes of your time to demonstrate that the, the office market is, isn't suffering from some sort of nervous breakdown. It's not going to be a catastrophic crisis. But I, I also want to kind of debunk some myths uh, about the change and focus on some of the facts that's happening and strip out some of the hyperbole that we've been seeing in the press around the whole kind of flex market. I want to focus on what the possible reality might look like. Um, it is a likelihood there's going to be something much more sustainable in the industry and deep root taking place. But where nonetheless there's going to be change and that change is undoubtedly going to affect all of the players across the marketplace. Now change has been something that's been talked about a lot at this conference. Um, I'm just going to talk about what we see are the four key drivers to affect what the change sits behind them. Work itself is changing. We heard a lot of that yesterday morning at the opening session. Um, digital disruption, AI acceleration is redefining industries across the whole board. Um, demographics are changing massively. We've heard this story before. 50% of uh, the workforce in the US will be is a contingent workforce, 75% by 2025 they are demanding a completely different way of working in space. Secondly, the, the pace or the, the, sorry, the world itself is changing uh, at a rapid rate. The window of certainty around planning from a business perspective, business plans that CRE folk have to work to is closing rapidly and certainty 
in this area is extremely difficult. I've not known of any client who can put their hand in the fire around a plus three-year business plan anymore, particularly around things like headcount. Thirdly, the pace of change is accelerating enormously. Uh, PwC did a recent report uh, across hundreds of CEOs. 72% of CEOs said that in the, the next three years will be much more critical to their business than the previous 50 years. And then underlying all this is, is that growth is still a massive imperative for any company. Forbes also ran a very wide-ranging CEO survey where 96% of CEOs intended to hire people within the next three years from today. So there's a great cocktail, a, di a dichotomy taking place in business at the moment, which is extremely difficult to navigate for companies going forward, particularly around corporate real estate. Now, none of this is a really big surprise. I won't go on about this kind of particular area, but the forces of change and disruption are omnipresent across many, many industries. We've heard these stories many, many times. I feel personally have accelerated incredibly in the past five to ten years. I'm going to pick out two. IT services, gone are the banks of, of IT rooms in, in offices, server rooms in offices. Now the new normal is pay-as-you-go, on-cloud computing, uh, partnering and outsourcing to companies who are providing software as a service. Uh, this has completely revolutionized the industry and sped up particularly in the past five years. The same is happening in the automotive industry. Global, the global car, car rental market is set to double by 2022, and the ownership and long-term use of a vehicle is, will be seen as an inefficient use and deployment of capital going forward. Now, both of those industries we've seen changing around us, but they're moving to this consumption-based model. And I think what we've got to watch for very carefully in real estate is exactly what happened with those two industries. It's the cause and the effect that's taking place in real estate. I look at it this way, is when your clients change, you need to be ready for that change. Otherwise, you could potentially become redundant as an advisor of what they need going forward. So the good news, though, that awareness is, is picking up. People are aware that this is happening. When industry, industry players like JLL say that 30% of all commercial space will be consumed as flexible space by 2030, today it's at 2.5, that for me is an incredibly compelling statement. That's, that's 12 years away, if, if I get my maths right. In a billion square foot industry, that, if it's right, is going to see massive amounts of change sweeping through the industry. So the cause and the effect seems to be being talked about at the moment, but what is actually going to happen as we move forward? Well, for me, it's about the growth of choice. And this, this is a good thing. For me, it really boils down to seeing a major adjustment of supply and demand and a correction of the real estate market. It's one where customer demand is reacting to change in their disrupted sector. All, everything they're doing is disrupted, and they are demanding much greater choice around term, around services, around the quality that goes into the services within the buildings. And supply is adjusting. It's simple as that. They are saying, we need to react to this demand going forward. And what does it mean? It means that choice is sprouting a number of different vehicles in the market, which is only going to accelerate. And we are already talking about quite a mature marketplace anyway. I mean, this is a 20-year-old industry, which has moved from being a kind of spotty teenager 
to a mature young adult today. If you look at it, I mean, it's still a fraction, really, of the, of the conventional market. But it's, today, it's a 26 billion revenue annual industry. There's 30,000-plus flexible office centers across the world, 15,500 co-working spaces. And it's growing, generally, at about 15% per annum, which is an incredible rate of growth. If you look in the US, again, it's now becoming a mature industry. You know, the flexible office market has been growing about 10% year on year. In some cities, even more than that. It's now an 80 million square foot industry, and it doesn't look like it's going to subside in any kind of way or shape or form. And I expect more change in the U.S. market as well. 51% of the U.S. market is, is from the supply side, is, is orientated in five states. And it's actually about 50% is dominated by circa 20 cities, New York and San Fran being the two biggest. I think what you're going to see increasingly over the next five to ten years is real penetration of flexible space into tier two and tier three cities. And that's being linked to much wider trends that are taking place, I think, in the kind of business economy going forward. A greater rise in contingent workers... Uh, cost and labor arbitrage, you know, companies looking to move away from more expensive hubs, and companies focused on new talent. The search for talent is going to be so extreme. I think you're going to see flexible working going into university, higher education cities throughout the U.S. So I just want to show you again and talk about the, the growth itself. I see this, these next couple of slides as some sort of great, massive, big Petri dish if you think of the flex market, it's like a, a protein cell, and it multiplies across the global markets over the past five years in a way which is quite extraordinary. These are facts. This is not made-up stories. And I don't think it's anything to be afraid of. In fact, it's a perfectly normal reaction to the market, and it feels like a very sustainable trend, unlike when it all began back in 2000 with the dot-com boom. So what of the future? I'm just going to talk about the supply side now. I think there's going to be a big supply side adjustment. We're already seeing it, but I think you're going to see, particularly in the operator world, horizontal and vertical integration taking place, really providing a very serious alternative for corporates to occupy space, for corporates you know, to trade, to make, advise, and create in these types of uh, companies. Just picking out a few examples um, we've seen the recent announcement by Tishman, you know, really venerable company. They've invested in Studio, a new co-working brand, which has just been recently announced. Um, IW, IW, IWG, obviously, a.k.a. Uh, Regis, you know, they've fended off four uh, purchase uh, attempts in the past sort of five, six months. I think that says a hell of a lot. It's, it says to me a company that's really confident about its future, they believe about what's going to happen, and they don't want to see control from what they've spent 20 years building. Uh, and they're actually morphing them, their brand in a way which is really interesting. It's conforming to this appetite for choice by providing things like spaces, base point, number 18. This is, again, meeting that demand where corporates want to have more choice. Obviously, we can't not talk about WeWork, the headline-grabbing brand, quite extraordinary latest speculation about SoftBank coming in with yet another injection of uh, funding, probably to take the controlling state in the, stake in the organization. A huge commitment, but one which 
I personally and the industry should be very grateful for what they've achieved, which is putting the whole flexible marketplace on a huge pedestal. And finally, I don't think there's any coincidence whatsoever when you look at the far left and a brand known as the Office Group, British brand, being invested in by Blackstone to the tune of half a billion dollars. I don't think that's about Blackstone wanting to sort of pick up a quite a nice operating company. I think that's about Blackstone buying IP and know-how in the flexible market to make sure they're advising their much bigger client base around the future of work and how vehicles are going to change massively across the board. Um, just to click forward again, just concentrating on the supply side, what of the landlord reaction, the kind of behemoth, the big question out there, the sleeping giant? There's been a huge reaction to this area in the UK. The press is full of it every week. The Estates Gazette, Financial Times, talks about people like British Land. There are some headlines. I mentioned Tishman's, uh, Equity Office getting into Industrious, uh, Blackstone in TOG, Brookfield investing in Convene. They're all trying new kind of ways into the market. But I think the industry needs bigger, deeper systemic change before it really embraces it. And that's all to do with value. It's how value is clearly measured. And I think the previous speaker did touch on that. Obviously, currently, the quality of income is front and center measured on longevity of lease. And that's something that needs to be looked at more formally by the valuation industry. Uh, I think it's going to shift to look at the kind of recurring and multiple streams of income going forward, driven by higher occupancy levels and attracted by you know, you know, the relevant demand side kind of characteristics of what a space to service is going to be talking about, which effectively means customer loyalty. I think you're going to see real change in this going forward, but the valuation industry has to kind of catch up. So just finalizing, I think in my time slot, what does the future look like? So these are just some dangerous predictions, but I, I think some of them are probably quite correct. We're going to see a nicheification of products offer to differentiate. So that choice thing is really going to accelerate. I think you're going to go down sector paths into the pharma industry, financial services. You're going to see it in, in uh, obviously, areas uh, such as female-only kind of working centers. You're seeing some examples of that already in New York. You're going to see twin forces of global operator consolidation. So the bigger players will start to eat up and make sure they have platforms around the world. But then in, in local markets, you're going to see a proliferation of indies where people see this is a really interesting business model. Don't forget, the global flex market is made up of hundreds and thousands, well, thousands of providers. And 18% is made up by Regis, WeWork, and Surfcore. The, the tail of this industry is enormous. And that's because in a lot of local markets, people like the business model. They know they can attract you know, tenants paying pretty good premiums. Um, you're going to see the enablement of digital platforms, people going in to buy very quickly this type of offer. Um, I think you are going to see landlords developing their own offer. I think the, there will be greater financial acceptance of flexibility as a value enhancer going forward. Flex and space of the service will take root as a consumption-based mainstream offer, in my opinion. That doesn't mean it will be a panacea, but I think it will sit very equally alongside conventional leasing for any company looking to you know, uh, occupy space around the world. And finally, the, I think the industry players need to adapt or die. That's my personal bit of hyperbole. 
I don't think there'll be much death. I think there'll be quite a lot of adaption going, going on. The industry is resilient, and I think it will change going forward. And I think outsourcing will blend lots of choice and lots of solutions for companies in terms of how they occupy space. That's it from me. I hope you've enjoyed listening. And if you've got any questions, please pop your hand up. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to What's Next. Have an idea or a point of view? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org forward slash podcast.